This is a show about content marketing for established course creators. Unlike other shows about marketing, we focus on sustainable, measurable content creation. How to authentically automate your marketing to build up your know, like, and trust factor with a nurtured, engaged audience. And get back to actually living your life instead of working to live. Hey, hey, friends. All right, well, last week I ended up recording an incredibly long episode, and I ended up deciding to split it into two so that it would be more bite-sized, and so we wouldn't lose the impact of the message in each part because, I don't know, there were some good gems, and I was a little bit worried that it would be a bit of a fire hose, you know? It's never fun getting that like waterfall information all at the same time and knowing that you're missing pieces along the way because there was just so much, right? So that said, Last week, we covered how to create a sustainable social media plan and stop being so busy with social media by focusing on starting with strategic content. And some of that did mean going back to basics. So if you didn't hear that episode, I'm going to encourage you to hop back and listen to it. With that, today we're going to be talking about time-saving social media techniques for busy entrepreneurs. We're going to talk about using social media content schedulers, batching similar tasks, recycling, repurposing, and multiplying your past content and then how to manage real-time interactions and schedule that. Finally, we're going to be closing with remembering why you're on social media to begin with. All of this put together with last week's episode builds you a personality-driven marketing machine. It builds you an option to have evergreen content that delivers that return on investment for your business and fills your programs with the exact kind of client you love to work with, even while you're already delivering your offer to other people even between launches. All of this is put in place as an asset for your business. So with that, let's dive in. We're going to move on to talking about some time-saving social media tools you can employ as a busy entrepreneur. One, you are going to need to use social media scheduling and content curation tools. Will they cost a little bit of money? They will. Being in business costs a little bit of money. But this money that you spend on these particular tools has so much ROI. You are going to make so much more money than you are spending on them when you use them well and you use them strategically, which we've already covered in the beginning of this episode. So social media scheduling and content curation tools are essential if you don't want your business to run your life. And since we started this episode talking about how you need to make sure your social media plan fits in with the lifestyle that you've chosen or it's not going to continue, you won't be able to sustain it. This right here is one of the biggest ways you can make sure that that happens. So any business, any organization that is looking to use social media as part of its content system, they're all using tools like this. You are going to be no different. So let's talk about a few different types of tools. There's going to be schedulers. These automate posting to every social media channel you could possibly imagine. Some of them truly do them all. Others are focused on a specific type of platform. But they're going to allow you to create and post graphics, videos, articles, and other posts all at once instead of manually doing it. Some, like Buffer, for example, can automate Instagram carousels and tweet threads even. You know, things that are beyond normal post styles. So it's going to be a big time saver. Others, like, say, Planoly or Tailwind, are going to send you a notification for these kinds of special posts, and then you'll have to be more hands-on. You'll get the phone notification and then pop on and do it yourself. Whichever route you choose, managing multiple social media platforms is going to be easier by using these tools. There's other tools, of course, I don't want to leave out. I've used quite a few different tools for myself and for my clients, tools like Edgar, Planoly, Later, even Facebook's own Creator Studio. They all have pluses and minuses, and you got to figure out which one works best for you, and that might take a little bit of testing time. Content curation 
tools are going to be another thing you might want to use. Why? Because content curation is a valuable perspective apart from your normal content. Not just sharing your own things gives you some variety, of course. It also gives you something to do when you don't always have the newest thing that you want to share, when you want to fill in a gap. And using a scheduler can help rein in the time you spend on each platform doing this. For example, Tailwind's a really popular Pinterest app. It makes curating others' content a breeze. When we're talking about these scheduling and content curation tools, I want to bring up the idea of context switching. I can't remember where I first heard about this, but the stats I heard were that every time we switch tasks, every time we go from, say, writing a blog article to doing invoicing, right, we lose about 20% of our efficiency. Our brain's like, whoa, what's going on? And it just takes a while to catch up. And there's that 20% right there. So one of the reasons I like having scheduling tools is that I can get all my scheduling done at once. There's less context switching as a result. And that leads me into the next thing that I want to talk about, which is batching similar social media tasks. They can be tricky to manage, especially when it's regular posting that requires input from others. A simple example, I can't publish the show notes for a podcast until we get the audio back from the editor. To run with my podcast as an example, I write the show notes, social media captions, and email to my list all in one session. Same with the graphics. I'm currently making them and I pull the quotes and make the quote graphics at the same time as the episode artwork. This cuts down on my context switching. Therefore, it saves me productivity and efficiency. This works really well, of course, when you have a large number of content tasks that need to be completed on a regular basis, which of course is another plug for having regular weekly content scheduled out in advance. I'm a big fan for having all of your topics for the next three months chosen in advance because it makes it easier to batch, of course. You're gonna be creating the episode thumbnails at some point, so why not make all four for next month at the same time since you already have that template open? Batching similar social media tasks together will ensure that one, you stay organized, two, that you actually put it all into your content database to save time later, and both of those things means they're saving time and money. Two things we entrepreneurs love to hear. So we've talked about using scheduling tools, we've talked about batching. One of the biggest time-saving things though that you can do is recycle published content. This could be called repurposing, recycling. I like to talk about how it is multiplying the efforts you've already put in. Whatever you want to call it, it's a great way to save time. And it's also one of the best ways to shed the content creation hamster wheel for good. I've covered all sorts of different methods and myths about repurposing in an actual other podcast episode. We will link to that in the show notes, of course, so you can learn how to choose the right content to repurpose and reuse. But the short version here is to get the most out of these efforts, it is absolutely paramount, 100% essential to know which content has done well for your business. And this is where understanding the content ROI and the content insights about your business come into play as they can help you determine which pieces of content should be recycled and which should be retired. Not every piece of content is going to do well. I know, it's sad. You put a lot of time and effort into it. And I'm no stranger to this, I promise. This is why I include content insight reports for all of my clients on extended service with me and also for the first month of implementation for my content ROI dashboard clients so they can learn how to read and take proper action from their content data. I want you to know how to turn your numbers into better content and therefore a time-saving endeavor. That is the point of having data in front of you at your fingertips using that data to choose which content to repurpose and therefore multiply your efforts with is going to mean that yes, you save time, but also 
It gets all of that good content, that really juicy good stuff that helps you convert viewers into buyers again, because sometimes people did not see it the first time. When you reuse it, they get another chance. So let's talk a little bit about managing those real-time interactions wisely. I like to remind everyone we are showing up with a spark of service, but that doesn't mean being everywhere all the time. Remember, one platform and a backup second. But it's also, as a corollary to that, important to set aside specific times for online tasks and to be mindful of how much time you spend on social media. You don't want to ingest more content than you're creating. That's a really easy way to accidentally start plagiarizing people. Also, mastering social media as a business owner does not mean you're a hostage to it. You need to set boundaries when interacting with people online. Users don't get to demand your time or expect an immediate response from you. I haven't seen enough people talk about this. I'm always happy to answer questions, but it's on my time. If I get an Instagram DM or a LinkedIn message right now, this moment, I can tell you I will not look at it till about 2.45 this afternoon. And the reason for that is my child has a 2.30 p.m. speech therapy appointment every Monday. And after the first like ooh, 10 minutes or so where I'm checking in with this therapist and talking about what we did this week, I usually am just sitting there on my phone. It's the best time for me to answer social media questions and to engage with my audience beyond that. You have to find a schedule that works for you and then stick to it. If you know that you're always going to be online for chats between 9 and 10 every day, you can set up a calendar event for people to have coffee chats with you. But you need to let them know this in advance so they can plan accordingly, of course. Showing respect for yourself by setting limits is going to help preserve the quality of those real-time interactions that you choose to engage in. I like to set aside 10 minutes a day because being on social media means you have to actually be on social media. Scheduling out posts and not spending any time on the platform is not going to net you the results that it did in 2017. So when you set aside a few minutes a day to reply to messages and comments, then you can use the remaining time after you finish that to comment on other industry colleagues. Maybe not direct competitors, like, you know, people who also serve your audience. When you see someone you align with, use that time in your schedule to set up a coffee chat or, you know, tea chat if you're like me. I've been really focusing more on that, building actual relationships. I'd rather have a relationship with 10 people I've met online than 2,000 followers who can barely remember what my name is associated with or what I do. And this leads me, of course, to my final point, which is to remember why you're on social in the first place. If you're not willing to invest 10 minutes a day interacting with your online presence, I think it's time to ask yourself a hard question. Are you still coming from a place of service? Now, when I got into business originally, it was because I had friends and colleagues who noticed I was really good at a particular thing. They asked me to do it for them, and then they encouraged me to go official with it. And most people I know have a very similar story. I saw how well I could help people, and I wanted to do that, to help people. And of course, I wanted to get paid to do so. That probably sounds very similar to you. But it's so easy to lose that initial spark of service. Staying consistent on social media is a hell of a lot easier when you remember you're in business to make a difference, to begin the ripple of helping people. Your people want your voice, not some guru's voice, not some fake voice, not some quasi-professional because I think this is how I need to show up online voice. They want your voice and they want to see your message. Since it's a noisy, distracting world, when you're showing up consistently, it's so much easier to serve your audience and truly help them. And since you got into this to help them in the first place, revisiting that initial feeling, it's so important. Your voice matters 
and your voice will make an impact if you show up with strategic content and then hone in that strategy and put it all together so that you can finally get some evergreen magic from your content. That evergreen ROI is available to you when you find a way to shed the spray and pray posting, you know, this spaghetti on the wall stuff, and when you really show up as yourself. Putting those three things together, that is what's going to end the social media busy work for you. But until you get those three things in balance and in play, strategic content, showing up with your whole self and honing in an actual strategy that you've measured and proven that works, the social media busy work will continue to rear its ugly head until you get these three things locked and solid. If you want a personality-driven marketing machine like we've been talking about here, this is what I do for my clients. I help them create a sustainable social media plan they can use in an evergreen fashion between launches and know that they are constantly building their audience pool with people who want to be a part of their community, a real community of people who can help each other. That's what we do. If that's what you're interested in, there's a link in the show notes, or you can go to brittanygardner.com forward slash call. With that, I will see you next week. All right, friends, you know the drill. If you found value from this episode, there are two things you can do to thank me. The first is share it with a friend. If you enjoyed this episode, you learned something from it, odds are you know somebody who needs to hear this message. I do truly believe that a rising tide lifts all boats. And if you help that friend with something that they need to do, we're going to have less crappy marketers out there, which means less scams, and we get to help more people in those ways that we uniquely are meant to help them. The second thing you can do is leave a rating on whichever podcast app you are listening to the show on right now. Doing that helps me reach more people, getting, again, this same great information out there, and we all make a better, happier, effective, and ethical world as a result. Thanks so much. See you next week.